0: In episode 7 of the Nerd Lab we will focus on health tracking in card games. This is the second part of a two-part series on health mechanics. In the first episode we analyzed the different aspects of health systems and formulated some questions you could ask yourself in order to find the appropriate mechanic for your game. Today we will research innovative ways of tracking health, especially in card games. And now for you, the main quest. Overall, almost all health mechanics are simply an implementation of another resource in your game. Hit points are not very different from mana for example. Both are limited resources that have to be taken into account by the players when they make their choices. Players typically have to plan strategically in order to survive. The way you implement the health mechanic changes the economy of that resource. What I mean by that is that the number of trade-offs and choices players have to make during the game can be vastly different depending on how you implemented your health mechanic. Last week we talked a lot about the effects of getting damaged. Uh, Do you want your system to support reduced player effectiveness? Do you need multiple resources to reflect your game's flavor, for example? Or how punishing do you want your health mechanic to be? Today we approach the same topic, but in a little different way. Today we are interested in learning how to implement health mechanics in card games and board games in the most clever ways. I will first briefly explain the theoretical background and discuss the aspects I'm analyzing today. Then I will go through a bunch of games and explain how they implemented health and what I find clever in each of these games' implementations. So, let's start with a little bit of theory. The first, more or less, theoretical question I wanted to talk about is how can you tie your health mechanic to your other game mechanics? And to analyze this, I first asked myself, why I would want to combine different game mechanics at all. Hitpoint systems are yeah, simple and elegant. Why, why should I try to complicate things? Is it even worth it? The answer is, as always, sometimes. For me personally, there are exactly three reasons why I think it makes sense to combine the health mechanic with your other game mechanics. Um, the first reason is to create interesting trade-offs. The second one is to better represent the effects of injuries. And the third one is to add additional win or loss conditions to your game. These three reasons also can overlap. An injury brings you, for example, closer to your loss condition. And an interesting trade-off decision can cause a negative effect. So... We are looking out for interesting ways to combine our hit points, wounds or conditions to other game mechanics, such as ability cards, character stats, um, character actions, movement or initiative, for example. It's hard to describe, but when the mechanics in a game interact, the game just feels better. Almost like a perfectly balanced dish, the result is something that is more than just the sum of its parts. And... If then the mechanics also fit the flavor of the game, then you really created a five-star menu. And this is what we are looking out for in other games today. The second aspect we want to look out for in other games today is how they keep track of hit points or wounds. In my game, I have to track the life points of different enemies, players and sometimes objects. In the past, I did this by putting damage tokens on the respective cards for each point of damage. But sometimes I have to move the cards of the battlefield around, which is very cumbersome and inconvenient, um, especially if there are a lot of tokens on, on a card. The tokens can fall off and at the end you can't remember how much damage the enemy had. I've also asked you the question which alternative ways of tracking life in card games you know on Reddit and Facebook. Um, And as always, I got very great responses from you. Thank you for your feedback. I used your responses um, in this episode today. So one more thing before we start looking at all of these games today. A little disclaimer. I have not played all of these games I will mention today. Some of the statements I make here are based on looking at the rules only. So there is no guarantee that all of the statements I make today will be 100% accurate... Um, and in addition this list is by no means an exhaustive list of tracking mechanics and card and board games i'm sure that there are a lot of other interesting mechanics out there um, that i will not mention today the first game i want to talk about today is maybe my favorite game of all times uh, and probably the game i spend the most time with um, magic the gathering in magic uh each player has 20 life points and once your life points are reduced to zero, you lose the game. Unless you control a platinum angel, obviously. But this is just a little insider for the magic players out there. The funny thing about magic is, the game doesn't come with the tracking mechanic at all. The game developers are kind of cheated here. They leave the tracking of life points to the players. In the casual environment, the players typically use uh, dice to track their life. And Wizards of the Coast also includes a twenty-sided die in their pre-release boxes. However, in tournaments, dice are not allowed uh, as a health tracking tool. Players typically use pen and paper to track their life total. The advantage is that you you have the history of the damage you have taken. This is sometimes helpful to discuss situations in which it is unclear what happened. But I think it's very very interesting then Magic does not have a tracking mechanic at all and um, they just uh, say hey here players figure it out yourself but magic is still a very very successful game and this already shows us that it's by no means necessary to uh, to have a super complex tracking mechanic or to combine the health in your game with other mechanics in your game in magic the life system is not tied to other game mechanics yes you have cards that refer to, to the life points of a player or you can sometimes um, use your life um, instead of mana to cast cards for example but these are more or less exceptions that are outside of the core rules of the game uh, magic comes with a second loss uh, option mm, when your library is empty and you have to draw a card but cannot you lose the game but this loss possibility is not interconnected with the life points at all. So it does not really match our, our topic today. If we look at combat between creatures or life points of creatures, the situation is similar. Again, no health tracked. When a creature gets damaged, whether from combat or spells, the number of damage points are compared to to the creature's defense value, and if the damage points are equal or higher, the creature dies immediately. Otherwise, the damage expires at the end of the turn. This means, on the other hand, that non lethal damage points remain on the creature until the end of the turn. Another spell can still be used to call the missing damage points, but magic itself does not provide any mechanic to drag these temporary damage points. It is again up to the players to remember how much damage a creature has taken. If you now consider that there can easily be 10 creatures on the field, you may wonder how this can work. But it does. It works. So what I think is clever in Magic is that it leaves some aspects of the game to the players that would otherwise have been very complex for the designers. And secondly, I think it was a very good decision for um, creatures to lose their damage at the end of turn. Except, of course, the opposing creature had Wither. But this is just another magic insider. Imagine for a second that you would have to place tokens on creatures for each point of damage and remove these tokens at the end of each turn. The game experience would be completely different from my point of view. Uh, not to mention that the duration of the games would probably, yeah, would be doubled. That's it for our Magic the Gathering analysis and now we come to another game called Kingdom Death. It's a cooperative board game where players take on the role of adventurous hunting monsters. Um, unfortunately i have not played that game yet Um, i would love to do so but it costs 400 euros um, and this is not something you you spend to play only once or twice on the weekend Um, yeah but maybe maybe i can convince my playing group um, to buy it together for for the time when we when we finished with with gloomhaven if this is ever the case Regarding the health mechanics of the game, there are two aspects I wanted to talk about. The first one is um, the uh, injuries for for the player characters. Um, The game uses some kind of severe injury table. When a player gets a wound, um, he can no longer activate certain abilities. For example, if he has a dislocated shoulder... Um, The character cannot activate two-handed or pad weapons or use block until the showdown ends. This is uh, very nice to transport the narrative of the game. We already talked about this in the last episodes. uh, But this is not the aspect of the game I, I wanted to talk about. But I still wanted to mention it here. What I really wanted to talk about is the AI deck that determines the actions monsters can take. The number of cards in the deck is equivalent to the monster's health Um, and every wound removes a card from the deck, making the monster more predictable. This is a very nice mechanic because it combines the abilities of the monster with um, its health. And it's very easy to remove a random card from the AI deck instead of uh, placing tokens on a monster card for example. But it also comes with a disadvantage, because the cards that are removed are random. Therefore, it can lead to fights where the monsters start spamming their most powerful attacks towards the end of a fight. Um, And instead of weakening the monster, this can have the opposite effect. However, using the deck of cards to represent the life totals is a clever design choice from my point of view, because you do not need uh, any additional components to track life it's um, it's very easy to handle in fact there are a lot of games that use a deck of cards to represent the life totals we i think we have some more in our list today the next game however is another board game and it does not use cards it's legends of undor the game we talked about before in Andor, the players have a character board to represent their hero and on the character board they track their the will points and the strength points of their character. And To do that they have a token uh, for each of the stats and um, they place the token on a given path to identify the current value of it. Will points are a universal um, resource the players use to perform different actions. To start a fight, for example, you need to spend one will point. And if you lose a competing roll of dice, you uh, lose maybe some will points. And if there are no more will points left during the fight, you lose, you suffer damage in form of uh, losing strength points. What means that your character is weakened. Will points can also be used to gain additional hours on the timeline. That means you can use them... Um, to gain additional movement actions. However, the character must bear in mind that he may then do um, less damage in the next fight or maybe die faster in the fight. And This creates a lot of interesting trade-offs and um, is a good example of um, uh, how game mechanics can be tied together. Because um, the loss of will points also causes the characters to have fewer attack dice he can use during a combat. Um, and also the, the loss of strength points means his damage is reduced by, by one. The same is true for some of the monsters. If they are damaged they lose, uh, lose one attack die. Another interesting part is that monster health is tracked on the large board that also represents the world map. And um, only one fight at a time can be tracked there. If the players cannot manage to kill the enemy during that fight, the monster recovers completely. As a result, the game gets rid of a lot of the tracking effort and the overload. Um, And there can easily be 15 monsters on the board at a time. If the designers would have used tokens, for example, that would have ended in a mess, maybe. What I like the most in Andor is that the will points that reflect your health also affect the amount of die you can roll for your attacks. So it has a direct effect on your combat strength. The next game I want to talk about is Mage Knight. In Mage Knight, players choose how to assign the damage. Um, When they get damage, In a turn, they can assign it to their units or to their hero. The units act as some kind of meat shield here. But you can only assign damage to units that are not already wounded. And when a unit gets damage, you put a wound card on that unit, regardless of how much damage actually was assigned. And then you reduce the amount of damage by the unit's armor. As far as I understood from the rules, you do not keep track of the damage uh, dealt to the unit. It only matters that it gets wounded. But what matters is the amount of armor of the unit. So let's say you have 20 damage incoming and the, the unit has an armor value of 5. So you assign um, 5 damage to that unit. The overall damage is reduced by 5, so there's 15 damage. Uh, left that you have to assign to other units or your character and the char- uh, the unit gets a, a damaged card. If there's still damage left after you assigned it to your units, the player then must assign it to the r- to the hero, the remaining damage. To assign a damage to the hero you have to put a wound card into your hand and then you reduce the damage total by your hero's armor value and you repeat this process until the entire damage is assigned. This means, the hero can get several wound cards uh, from one attack. Um, Effectively, this means the hero takes x wounds, where x is the hero's armor value, rounded up. If the number of wound cards added to your hand during combat exceeds your hand limit, you're knocked out. What I like about the system is that the players choose how to assign the damage. Um, this creates interesting trade-offs. Maybe it makes more sense to keep a unit here and take the damage yourself or um, to sacrifice a unit to not get the wound cards into your hand, which are yeah basically just dead space in your hand. Mage Knight sounds like a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to play that game soon. Another game where the player has to decide how the damage is assigned is the adventure card game Pathfinder. Um, The deck of cards and the cards in your hand represent the player's health. And um, you have to do a lot of um, ability checks, uh, for example, to defeat a monster. Um, And if you fail in that ability check, the monster deals damage to you. To calculate the amount of damage you have to subtract your check result from the difficulty level of the monster. So let's say the monster has a difficulty level of 5 but you only rolled a 4. You have to uh, assign one damage to yourself. The result is that you have to discard one card from your hand. One card per damage. And um, if you don't have enough cards in your hand, you, you have to en- discard your entire hand and ignore the rest of the damage. Um, and you lose the game if you, or your character dies, if you ever are required to draw a card from your deck and cannot. So what damage means in this mechanic is that you lose possible uh, actions or possibilities to increase your um, Increase your ability checks by spending cards from your hand. You also have um, to choose which card you want to discard. So you have an interesting trade-off here because you have to decide which of the cards is um, more valuable for you, uh, which one you could need for the next rounds for the ability check there or which ones are maybe um, expendable. The second aspect that is interesting is your library. Because as a player you have the chance to discard cards to quickly churn through your library um, to find the cards that you need for the current situation. While this makes you far more likely to defeat the encounter, it also comes with a cost. You might kill yourself in the process, because remember, when you cannot draw additional cards because your library is empty, you die. What I really like here is that you have an indirect effect of the damage you take because you have to discard cards from your hand. What means that you probably have to draw additional cards from your deck in order to be able to face the encounters in the next rounds. But this means on the other hand that you get closer to get defeated. The game developers could just as easily have said that incoming damage removes cards directly from the player's library instead of their hand. But in that case, you would have lost an interesting trade-off for the players. The damage feels a lot more painful when you have to discard a card from your hand that you may already have had a plan for. This forces the player to rethink their current plan and create new ideas. Now we come to a game that I have often mentioned here in the podcast, Gloomhaven. Compared to the other games we mentioned so far, Gloomhaven doesn't try to do without the conventional tokens to track life points. And well, what can I say? Yeah, It it is kind of a mess in Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven has an envelope for each monster type stat card. And the outside of that envelope is sectioned with numbers. The numbers on the envelope matches the number on the standees in the dungeon. Let's say you face four cultists in your game of Gloomhaven Um, and the cultists are numbered from one to four on their standees and um, on the envelope you can track the damage that is done to each of the for cultists by placing damage tokens on the um, respective area on the envelope. And you do not only place the damage tokens there, you also place the condition tokens there, for example, stunned or uh, poisoned, and um, you remove these conditions at the end of the next turn. That means you have to interact quite a bit with um, with the enemy character envelope. And, um, yeah, you always have to look on the standee, was it number one or was it number two again? I can't really remember. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's a little bit messy to track it that way. Therefore, we as a gaming group decided to use uh, an additional tool here. We use the Gloomhaven Helper app, um, which is a digital support tool to track the life points and conditions and also the turn order. This tool helped us a lot to keep track of everything organized and we make less mistakes and we also speeded up the, the pace of our play. I think this app is a very good example of how digital tools can support board and card games. I know that in the Gloomhaven community some people don't like the digital support tool but most or the majority of the community um, recommends using this tool and I do as well. But let's have a look on the other side of things. So how is damage um, or the health mechanic implemented for the players, not the monsters? So players have some kind of um, player board, character board, and they track their life totals on the character board with with the damage tokens as well. But this is not all because the, the health mechanic is very nicely tied to other game mechanics here. Um, The players can decide that they, instead of taking damage, they discard a card from their hand. or No, they lose a card from their hand. Or they lose two cards from their discard pile. Um, And there is also an additional loss mechanic um, that says when you are not able to um, play two cards from your hand in a turn or um, are able to recover more than one card... Uh, from your discard pile in a turn, you lose the game. That means losing hit points does not have any consequences. They, They act as some kind of buffer here. But losing cards means you have fewer options to choose from, you lose flexibility and you have to rest more often. That means you are taking fewer actions. So you are taking some real consequences here. This creates some very interesting trade-offs and choices for the players. Because some of the character spells are also lost when you cast them. Not only to mitigate damage. Typically these are the more powerful card effects of course. Um, From a game design standpoint this creates another layer of balancing also. Is a spell a lost effect or not? And it creates interesting choices for the players during deck building. Do I really want that many lost cards in my deck? or or and doing play because um the question is can i afford to lose this card now or do i have to use the less powerful effect that is only a discard instead of a loss but gloomhaven has also other mechanics to represent injuries you have named conditions such as poisoned stunned Disarm, which appear as direct effects on the attack card and then you have curses Curses are cards that are put into your or the enemy's attack modifier deck. And uh, if you draw a curse as a random number generator here, um, it means that you missed your attack. So it reduces your overall attack chance and damage output. While I think the... Tracking of enemy health is a little bit messy, I really like how Gloomhaven implemented the player health. The next game is Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. Betrayal uses an interesting stat system. Each adventurer has four traits shown as lines of numbers on the adventurer board. Might and Speed as physical traits and Knowledge and Sanity as mental traits. Many game effects adjust the trades up and down. Um, and when an effect increases or decreases a trade, you have to simply slide a plastic clip as many spaces as the effect says. Each trait also has a skull sum symbol below its lowest number in the line. If one trade drops to the skull, the character dies. And one of the game effects that influence the stat system is damage. So when you take physical damage, you can divide it between Might and Speed as you choose. You slide the clips for those straight at total number of spaces equal to the amount of damage you took. Mental damage works just like physical damage, but you divide the damage between um, Knowledge and Sanity instead. One interesting aspect here is that um, one damage does not necessarily mean you lose one Sanity because um, the stats don't necessarily necessarily go 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 on on the adventurer board. They may decrease more like 4, 4, 3, 3, 1. Each number is a step that the marker moves forward when the unit is damaged, but that does not necessarily mean a drop in ability. What I like here is that the players decide which Ability they want to get um, worth when they take damage. So they decide how they are going to take the consequences of damage. This is again a very nice example how you can tie your health mechanic to the main character ability mechanic of your game. Uh, The next games are Strife, Legacy of the Eternals and Hero Realms. I mentioned them together because they both use the same mechanic to track hit points in card games. They both have um, a pair of cards with numbers on them um, to track the life points. One card has the numbers from 1 to 10 vertically printed on them. And the other cards has the tens digits. So 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. Not vertically, but on each side of the card one number. To display the current health points, the two cards are placed on top of each other so that the top card is placed just below the one-digit number of the bottom card. For example, if you are at 27 health, the top card shows the number 20 and the bottom card shows the number 7. This is an easy way to track very high health points um, and you do not need additional components such as uh, tokens, uh, dice or other things. The next game is Clash of the Battle Goats. You as a player take the role of a shepherd of three mutant goats. That sounds crazy, I know. Um, Why I mention this game is because it has a nice way of tracking hit points. Each character or goat card has a track of hit points printed directly on the card. And instead of using tokens, you use a plastic clip to slide on the respective position on the health track. What I really like on this system is that it allows you to move the cards around without losing the current state of the hit points. Because uh, if you use tokens, for example, they can fall off the card or if you use dice, they can roll over um, and with the clip always stays at the position where it is. Lastly, I want to mention some concepts you mentioned um, as a response to my question on social media. I do not have specific game examples to explain the concepts, but I really wanted to mention them here anyway. The first one is um, rotate cards to track health. The idea is to rotate the cards around to track the health points. Um, Obviously this limits you to four different levels of health um, or eight if you use the other side of the card as well. Um, And the applicability depends a little bit on what else you have on the card because it is difficult to read uh, once you rotated it. Yeah, a perfect square shaped card is probably the best way to implement this option. The next idea is to use cards instead of tokens to represent hit points. You could uh, create some kind of neutral just red cards um, and make a little pile whenever something enters the battlefield representing the amount of hit points the card the card has. And once the creature takes damage you just remove some of the damage cards. You can always check how much hit points something has left and you can easily move a stack of cards around. It's much easier than moving a card with some counters on them for example. Another idea is to use the front and the back side of a card. The front side is um, the undamaged, unwounded enemy and once it gets a wound you just turn it around and um, maybe the the monster has less um, abilities than on the other side for example. Aventuria the adventure card game uses this method to um, represent um, a character that has his special ability on one side and once you have used this ability you turn the card around And there is no special ability printed on this side. This helps you to remember that you have used the ability. Another tip is that it's always easier to track the inverse with damage tokens on each card instead of tracking the health. Because it is uh, you only need to place tokens, dice or cards uh, representing damage on a card once it gets damaged. Instead of handling the tokens for all the enemies on the field. So, these are all the games I wanted to talk about this week. Oh, no, let's wait, there's one more game. I wanted to talk about my game as well. Time to update our quest log. Last week, I mainly did two things I worked on my paper prototype and I played way too much artifact. Only for science, of course. But related to our topic today, I have also experimented with different health tracking possibilities for my game. The opponents in my game have different abilities that are listed on the left side of the card. And a random mechanic is used to determine what the opponent does each round. On the right side of the card I have now added a health track from 1 to 10. And the opponent's starting life is displayed as a separate number on the card. If an opponent gets damaged, a special damage tracking card is placed on the opponent. This will cover part of the opponent's card. Let's start with a simple case. Um, The opponent has 10 hit points and takes 3 damage. Now the damage tracker card is placed so that the complete opponent card for the areas 10, 9 and 8 is hidden. This not only hides the health bar on the right side, but also some of the abilities on the left side. These abilities are no longer available to the opponent and represent the negative effects of wounds. I like the concept because it is well integrated into my enemy design. It supports tactics besides focusing the strongest enemy until it is dead. And it makes healing meaningful because the enemies also get stronger abilities back once they become healed. One design challenge I have though is tracking enemies with more than 10 life. The easiest way here is to use the damage tracker card uh, and write on on them the decimal numbers, the 10s digits, 10, 20, 30 or 40 on each side. The life points then are combined by the decimal number on the tracking card and the single number on the monster card. By rotating the damage tracking card, I could thereby easily track high values as well. The, The same concept used in Um, hero realms for example. The only problem is that enemies also would lose their abilities because they will be hidden at times when I don't want them to be hidden. The effect is that an enemy with 9 life points has more abilities than an enemy with 11 points for example. Another aspect that could be negative is that in a single enemy fight it could become too boring if the enemy is at the end only able to use one or two of his skills. Maybe this is too predictable, and maybe this causes some kind of death spiral, where the enemy has no real chance to win anymore. Uh, Therefore, I think I'll need some good comeback mechanics for the enemies. For example, a strong heal in one of the bottom abilities, or another heal as a random effect. But hey, what would be life without some juicy design challenges here, right? I also thought about using um, plastic clips instead of uh, a card to track how many life points an opponent is Um, and I still experiment with that. Because I think it's the most elegant way to move cards around. For next week my goal is to celebrate Christmas with my family and to finalize my paper prototype. And finally... THE CONCLUSION Today I showed you a lot of examples of tracking life in card and board games. For me it was very interesting to see that many games give the players a choice how to assign the damage. No matter whether the players decide which cards to discard, which ability to reduce or which minion to sacrifice. The result is always an interesting trade-off decision for the player. I also was surprised how many games let their enemies recover at the end of the turn or combat. This is a design choice that can reduce complexity and the number of required components by a lot. If you are about to create your own health mechanic... Try to tie it with your other game mechanics to create interesting trade-offs for your players. Try to find a damage mechanic that feels painful and causes real consequences. And probably the most important thing is to create a tracking mechanic that is easy to use and handle. Before we close the episode for today, I want to mention a card game called Super Voxel Raiders. It was designed by Aitor Goridi And is available as a free print-and-play version on his website, uh, sinpargames.com. The link is also in the show notes. Super Voxel Raiders has not only a very cool name, it was also inspired by JRPGs from the 90s. And has very nice pixel graphics. In the game, each player recruits characters and places them in one of three terrains, where they will fight against the enemy characters using plenty of fancy special powers. The first player to conquer two of the three terrains uh, will gain control over the voxels and win the game. When I was reading the rules, it reminded me quite a bit on Artifact. So, if you enjoy JRPGs, Artifact or you are still living in a little bit in the 90s as I am, I recommend to check out the game. I hope you enjoyed this two-part series on health mechanics. If so, it would be a blast if you could leave a review on iTunes. It only takes a few minutes and helps me a lot. If you want to get in touch, visit my website uh, at nerdlikeaboss.com or find me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook with the hashtag nerdlikeaboss. Thank you for listening and until next week, keep shooting for the moon and nerd like a boss.